So, gents, another episode of the Landlord Page podcast. It is Friday, the 18th of November. So much has happened in the back end of this year. And as we kind of now start to think towards the Christmas months, we've got a few things to talk about on today's episode. I want to really get stuck into the new product arrangement fees around buy-to-let deals now that they've effectively quadrupled in the last couple of weeks and and how landlords and property investors are getting around that and what their plan is. Talk about stress tests as well, because it seems like the new norm for a, um, a let to buy or a buy to let, I should say, loan to value is now 60% rather than 75 just to get through the stress testing. Um, and then maybe talk about some of the rentals, chain breaks as an opportunity um, and anything that you chaps want to discuss as well. So big episode, lot to talk about. And um, looking forward to getting stuck into it. Tristan, how are you? All good. Busy, but but good. Going to catch up on what tenants are saying, what landlords are doing with end of contracts as well on today's episode. Yeah, definitely. As we know, it's um, it's a changing market. So I'll certainly give an update on that along with some other bits. Good stuff. And Mike, what are you bringing to the party today? Well, interesting chats this week with a couple of investors on why they're buying property and how they're buying it, how they're structuring it, where the money's coming from in totally non-traditional routes. Awesome. So getting stuck into the first point, buy-to-let deals. I saw this morning good news that we're now we're seeing actual products available for people to take mortgages at four point something because let's say the last sort of four or five weeks, we've really seen those up in the mid fives. Now we're we're down to a four point something. Virgin Money is the first lender to kind of, I guess, pull the punch and say, right, we're, we're going low. So they've got three products available. Um, one is a 65% loan to value on a residential purchase, which memory says 4.93. And then they've also got a 75% loan to value on a residential, which is 4.97 but they do have a five-year, 50% loan-to-value buy-to-let option, which is 4.99%. So that's the start of a buy-to-let also being available, buy-to-let mortgage at four point something. The topic I want to talk about, though, is not so much the rates, because we know the inevitability is they're going to keep decreasing margins by margins, is the 4K arrangement fee. And sort of going to you first, Mike, what... What would be your advice to someone on the 4K arrangement fee? Do you think that's something which landlords now should account for as they account for stamp duty, they account for a deposit, they account for legal fees? They got to account for a separate purchase of the mortgage product or the option is still there to add it to the loan. Is 5% still cheap money and therefore save the 4K for contingency and, and use the opportunity of adding it to the loan? What, what would be your kind of advice? I guess it's a, there's two camps there, isn't there? It's, it's yeah. one or the other. Camps there, isn't there? It's, it's yeah. one or the other. Yeah, I think firstly, it's great to see a headline rate below 5% because if one does it, others will follow. Um, I think Virgin, it is Virgin, right, who are yeah. doing this. So I think Virgin, what they're doing is they're creating headlines and in the background, their 4K fee means it's not as competitive mortgage product as they would like people to see, but it creates positive media behind the mortgages, which is great because it means HSBC nationwide, the other big lenders will follow into the market, competition will increase and either the product fee will come down or the rate will come down further. So any movement is a good movement. It's just that 
the first launch is never the best deal. Mm-hmm. It's always it's always tempered by something, and in this case, it's the product fee. Um, the other thing is, any time there's a big seismic change in the market, like the one that's happened in the last couple of months, like happened in 2008, there will always be a new fee strapped to it. So in 2008, before that, it was uncommon to see high product fees, and suddenly we came out of 2008, and you'd be paying £2,000 for a product fee. And that became the new norm. Eventually, that dropped to about £999. Um, and that became the new norm. Mm-hmm. So if 4K is the new norm, I expect in the next 6 to 12 months that to be back down to 2 again. That would be my prediction. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because it seems like the lenders would rather lend on five years at the moment. And I guess the breakdown and the reason behind that is they probably feel if they can fix people into these interest rates for five years, then they're going to make more money out of that loan than they are if they can fix them into these rates for two years in the anticipation that in two years' time, these rates are going to be much lower. Unless they're charging £4,000 for every single mortgage, well, in which only... case a two-year product would make yeah. them a lot of money. That's, a, that's only on the buy-to-lets, though. The actual residentials where they're still appealing is 999 with a £500 cashback. Yeah. So it's only the buy-to-lets where they're kind of going... Maybe we'll take advantage of landlords a little bit. We've heard yeah. that probably before on, on a few occasions. But what would you do with the money? Would you, you know, landlord purchasing, standard two-bed house, keep the 4K in your bank or add it to the loan and pay the interest on it? What would be your kind of go-to on it? If it was me, I'd add it to the loan, personally. Um, just it's cleaner. Rent's obviously going to cover the costs of that. Um, but having spoke to Dave, last week mm. he explained the reasoning behind it and he said it's going to become more common seeing that um over the duration rather than upfront sums because they know at the moment stress testing is tough for lending yeah um, and they're looking at additional ways to make it more attractive still for landlords to be invested in property because charging them a, a, a fee of four six thousand is just this is just not doable nowadays. Yeah. Um, so you are going to see it become more common and more competitive as time goes on. And you mentioned about the five-year fixed. It, once again, he also mentioned on that, he goes, the reason for that is at the moment, there's still a bit, of, a little bit of uncertainty in the market. So short term, they're going to see rates going up, down. But moving forward, they are seeing some confidence in that and mm. go to the five-year fixed. They are, they are looking competitive on that. Yeah, because I think when I spoke to two different brokers this morning before this podcast, um, they both highlighted that the swap rates, where the, obviously the banks lend money to each other, the five-year money, so if banks are taking five-year money, is down at 3.8%. And the whole kind of quasi-kamikaze um, mini-budget kind of crisis that happened, they'd shot up to, well, at one point, they didn't know where they were, but they were as high as 5% at one point. So to see the base rate go up 075 in the last couple of weeks, and to see mortgages come down the equivalent rather than going up, and more significantly, the money that banks are lending behind the scenes down at 3.8, they're both of the view that the new norm will be 4 point something for for the majority of loan-to-value rates. So interesting stuff. I think I'm I'm, I'm the same. If there's 4K, 5K on a buy-to-let and I can get a better rate, um, the way things are at the moment, I'd be adding that to the loan, probably taking the five-year kind of deal setting myself in in for that's going to be the money that I'm going to pay and that's what I'm going to receive for the next five years and 
in five years time as we all know we'll be in a totally different market to now what that is and what it looks like we don't know but i would like to think if i purchase a property today for investment in five years time it's worth more money than it is today so um that that's my kind of take on that as well stress test you mentioned there and and definitely if people haven't listened to last week's episode with dave howarth um you and him i was listening to in the gym and i thought that was a really good episode to give people good clarity into the mortgage world stress test is something you've had a couple of investors actually mention this to you where they were holding off they've got money in the bank ready to go they they want to buy even a particular address an actual property but the stress test is what's causing them a little bit of a i guess a little bit of a lack of confidence in going ahead because the affordability to make it work based on rent versus mortgage was a challenge and they were going to have to put more cash in than they felt is that the new norm, do we think? What, what's your take on that, Tristan? From what I'm seeing, yes. Whereas it got rewind sort of eight, 10 months ago, I was speaking to a number of investors that were, were purchasing um, and wasn't having these issues. But fast forward it to a couple of weeks ago, it's becoming a bit more known that the rental prices are, need to be quite high in order to make the numbers work. And if not, they need to put more cash down. And mm. their circumstance was slightly different. They obviously have refinanced their own property to invest in hopefully three new properties is what what they were planning on doing yeah um however their plan for that because of the changes doesn't work for them they are going to invest but their plans are slightly changed and they're they're sort of like i said a bit uncertain right now yeah um, but as an overall we are seeing it quite frequent now well we'll see watch this space we'll see whether 60 percent loan to value is kind of the new norm for buy to let um, we will see whether that unfolds. You mentioned kind of in the intro, Mike, that you've been talking to a couple of different investors and what vehicles they're setting up, how they're structuring their finance around investing. Um, fill us in on that a little bit more. Okay, so investor comes into the office yesterday, little chat, and the, the office dog was knocking around. So that kept him kept him interested. And just as a throwaway comment, he mentioned he uh, well he runs sixty HMOs for his investors. His throwaway comment was his occupancy rate on his HMOs is ninety eight percent. Yeah, which blew my mind. I didn't know that was possible. It's almost a perfect record. His occupancy rate is ninety eight percent, and he's moving into a whole new market, which is uh, the care market. So his tenants will be provided through the local councils which is firstly it's brilliant it's a it's a charitable it's altruistic it provides something that's really desperately needed in our area but the returns are obviously phenomenal as well uh, returns that he can't even get through his luxury hmo business so he'll have a 98 percent occupancy rate on hmos and 100 on his care market properties um and the way that's being funded is is he's finding investors to buy properties and they're buying them through a lot of their investors buying them with company pension schemes because these properties are being classified as commercial for this use so you can use company pension scheme money to buy residential property just by reclassifying them and then renting them out and they're being managed through his business which is a, just a, an um, unbelievably entrepreneurial idea to provide care and accommodation for people who need it which i think is just a win 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 if that's enough wins there's a lot of wins in there yeah yeah why not and they normally start with pound signs. Um, yeah, it, it was an interesting conversation. And 
he's going to be coming on the podcast soon, actually. So definitely hit subscribe just to make sure you don't miss out on the alert for that episode. But HMOs, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we're talking about stress tests, we're talking about rents, you know, we're talking about the interest rates being a little bit higher and where we've we've harked on for the last sort of 12 months about the family home. I would now say, you know, a standard free bed in the home counties, it starts with a four. Yep. In reality, even in the, even the ex-council stuff starts with a four, um, goes up to four, seven, five, something like that for kind of a half decent, you know, semi or, or, or under terrace, not detached. And the rents on those 15 to 1700, something like that we're yeah. kind of looking at. Typical free bed 15, but yeah. yeah, 15, you normally get offers over from, from a number of people. There's still massive demand for those when there's not enough. And we were right in, in the anticipation when we started talking about it last October that they will see the strong equity growth. And that's exactly what happened. Um, we saw really good equity growth in those. Talking about it now in terms of slightly different place in the market, maybe it is now a case that you look at, not necessarily HMOs, but you look at ways of bringing higher rental in. And if the HMO is done right, it's a funny word. In fact, we stopped using HMOs in the conversation yesterday and it was more co-living, professional living, I felt, for the for the standard of what, his HMOs look like felt a bit better. Maybe that is an area that people, you know, could get involved in further is look at the the four bed end of terrace rather than the three bedroom semi, maximize your rent and make sure over the next kind of five years that you are still making money. Do you think Mike plans change? Because you've spoke to a lot of investors in, in a former role where that was your main role was to go and try and cultivate their portfolio to, to help with their goals. But do you think the plans for investors potentially change now? Because we've seen a we've seen a period of people getting interest only mortgages, high rent, really low finance, you know, making a grand a month, eight hundred pounds a month on that particular asset and kind of just living the dream really in terms of the rental returns. But do you think now maybe people look at it a little bit different, pay off the loan, look at it more from a pension perspective and try and um, increase the amount of equity within that property quicker? Um, or do you think people still look at it as safe haven is to get three, four, five hundred pounds a month coming out of it and, and then do what you want? I think any change creates a bit of a thought process within a, a, a group of people. So we were talking the other day and you said you're you're changing your plans from capital repayment on your buy to let to take the money out and invest it in in stock markets because you your belief is that stock markets are incredibly low and will bounce back and you'll use that money to pay off the loan at the end of the year well that wasn't the plan 12 months ago um so that's a good example of someone who just pivots on well is the, am i using the money in the right way um, the stress test is another thing. The stress tests, I don't believe, have really worked in the southeast for a number of years because the purchase price of a property is so high. And if you go into London, it's even higher and the rental return is lower. But people keep buying them there because the capital gain is so good. Um, you know, you might be looking at one and a half, two, two and a half percent yield in London. But people don't care because if the value goes up by 10%, you've just made 200,000 pounds, whatever it is. It's like there's so the 75%, you, you're never going to get a, a buy to let loan in London at 75% because mm. the stress test didn't work a year ago, let yeah. alone now. So people have been forced to find new ways to do it, whether that's putting more money in or financing something differently. And I just think any time there's a seismic change, it will create people 
who look at it in a different way or find a different solution or give up. Yeah. And there's been a lot of people give up in the last two, three years. We've lost a quarter of a million rental properties from the market, which provides an opportunity for everybody else because there's a higher demand and a lower supply of rental units. Mm -hmm. So that creates an opportunity for new people to come in with their own ideas, their own freshness and do something new. I think we've also got to think about, you know, the limited businesses out there that have got big cash pots after the back of the last couple of years. And we're not accountants or tax advisors, but I would look into some of these co-living setups or HMO setups and, you know, looking at people's kind of pension pots and commercial, you know, is there is there loopholes around that? It's probably something that we can get a guest on to talk about. But I think there's some really good opportunities for people is chain breaks. Because this week, actually, I had one of my clients, not actually one of my clients, it's another estate agent's client, but it's my buyer. Uh, I've got the seller in, in the chain, but he's been kind of talking to me for advice more frequently than his own agent. And he's just taken a massive hit on his apartment at the bottom of the chain. One bed in Slough, easy rental. 850 rental maybe 900 on a, on a nice kind of fairly new one bed he'd agreed the sale uh i think it was about two and a half months ago it was going through it was week before exchange the buyers bottled it basically but he had the sale agreed at 176 he's just sold it to an investor doing the chain break for 160 that should pass your stress test should do and he's um he's also in a position where he paid 175 for that same property in 2019. So he's taken a hit of 15 grand. Um, he moved the money up the chain. So he took 10 grand off the, the purchase that, where I'm involved. So he's taken a, a 16K hit. He's passed 10 grand up the top of the chain. The person that's winning is, I guess, everyone, because everyone's getting the move they want in a difficult climate. They're keeping the mortgage rates at, you know, three point somethings in the chain because the offers are still in existence. But the investor at the bottom is absolutely yeah. licking his lips. Yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot more of that, I think, going into next year for the shrewd investors. So if you are an investor that's listening to this and that's the sort of thing you're interested in, that's where intelligent estate agency comes into it. Yeah. And I say that in inverted commas because there's not too much of it up and down the country with tongue in cheek. But if people want to know more about that and be involved more in that, we're seeing it with a lot of the agents. You know, we're, we're pretty much a 30 strong um, partnership program with our agents up and down and around the country now. So if someone wants to get involved in being an opportunity for a chain break and be in the bottom of the chain to, to come in and capitalize, well, we're happy to have those conversations with investors looking for those opportunities. Right? I can tell you how to find that deal on Rightmove because a new phrase has been invented that I've seen in the last six months, and you're going to know it as soon as I say it. Unexpectedly re-available. Re <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, first two words on a Rightmove advert, unexpectedly re-available. That means that seller had a, had a sale agreed, the purchases pulled out and the chances are they've got a mortgage agreed on another property and that mortgage rate is much cheaper than what they would get now and they need to do a deal fast before that mortgage expires yeah. so if you're searching for a deal and you see something that says unexpectedly re-available have a look at it there's some legs in there somewhere gotta be there's a chrome extension download as well for people where you can 
actually see the changes in the prices directly on Rightmove, um, which is quite a handy little widget. But if, if people aren't too technical and they'd like reports on any any listing up and down the country, we've also got background software where we can tell them what the prices have done, when they changed, when it came onto the market, when it went sold, when it went back for sale. Um, and we're always happy to help, you know, like-minded 100%. investors out there as well. Don't so forget we can property source as well if there's a specific requirement. Yeah, absolutely. Tristan, what are tenants saying at the moment? So tenant behavior, I would say, has changed slightly, um, whereas it was extremely busy for a period of time. I'm not saying it's gone quiet. It's still very busy, but for the right property. Mm -hmm. Family homes are still ridiculously busy. Um, open houses there. But what I'm finding in is tenants are staying put and not serving notice until they're finding the right property meaning that if the property is vacant that's available there's a bit of negotiation work to happen in order to make it move quicker mm -hmm. to minimize that void period so i had an open house the other week um 12 viewings seven offers and pretty much everyone was in a similar situation and i think it's at the stage now where so many people have lost out on properties they don't want to enforce their notice and be left with without a property they're having to to go onto a periodic and look on that basis, but people are shopping around at the moment. Okay, and one of the things that over the years I've always kind of found was was quite a common reason for a tenant to serve notice was the um, my partner's lost their job or I've lost my job and I'm even moving back with parents or whatever it may be, but the rent became unaffordable. We haven't heard that for for a couple of years because employment levels are so good at the moment, but you you hear the scaremongering across the media. And for the listeners out there that are wondering whether that is a is an issue with tenants, is it or is that not on the occasion still? Not from what I'm experiencing. Um, as we've mentioned on numerous uh, podcasts, that the tenant income within the home counties that we cover is typically higher than the sort of national average. And people that we're dealing with are seem to be in higher paid jobs. Yeah. Um, so it's not something I've come across in the 11 years I've worked locally. Um, and I don't see it being a problem. Like you said, employment levels are good, income's good, um, and people are passing affordability by quite a substantial amount. They're not scraping through. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it comes down to the, the vetting process at the start initially, um, because you don't want to put someone in that's only going to scrape through anyway with the cost of living going up. It's it's only bound to happen to have problems in the next six, 12 months or so. Yeah. Um, so it's just choosing your tenants wisely. Yeah, totally agree. Well, gents, enjoyed this conversation. I hope that the people listening, there's some some good thought-provoking sort of conversation in there. And if anyone's got any comments or questions for us, they know where to find us. We've had some DMs in Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube this week from, from our listeners, which we really appreciate. If anyone does have a genuine question for us, then, you know, we're all ears. We're happy to help. We do this podcast because we, we like talking property, but there's no agenda behind it. We just want to give people value. Next week, we've got a cracking guest on. So uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you're enjoying what you hear, don't forget to leave us a root. See you next week. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They agents have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, 
is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital yeah. gains tax and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast and we build a YouTube channel somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.